Chapter 8 of Unspoken Sermons, Series 1. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by David Baldwin. Unspoken Sermons by George MacDonald. The LOI. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? St. Matthew, chapter 27, verse 46. I do not know that I should dare to approach this of all utterances into which human breath has ever been moulded most awful in import, did I not feel that, containing both germ and blossom of the final devotion, it contains therefore the deepest practical lesson the human heart has to learn. The Lord, the Revealer, hides nothing that can be revealed, and will not worn away the foot that treads in naked humility even upon the ground of that terrible conflict between him and evil, when the smoke of the battle that was fought not only with the garments rolled in blood, but with burning and fuel of fire, rose up between him and his father, and for the one terrible moment ere he broke the bonds of life, and walked weary and triumphant into his arms, hid God from the eyes of his son he will give us even to meditate the one thought that slew him at last when he could bear no more and fled to the father to know that he loved him and was well pleased with him for satan had come at length yet again to urge him with his last temptation to tell him that although he had done his part god had forgotten his that although he had lived by the word of god's mouth that mouth had no word more to speak to him that although he had refused to tempt him god had left him to be tempted more than he could bear that although he had worshipped none other for that worship god did not care the lord hides not his sacred sufferings for truth is light and would be light in the minds of men the holy child the son of the father has nothing to conceal but all the godhead to reveal let us then put off our shoes and draw near and bow the head and kiss those feet that bear forever the scars of our victory in those feet we clasp the safety of our suffering our sinning brotherhood it is with the holiest fear that we should approach the terrible fact of the sufferings of our lord let no one think that those were less because he was more the more delicate the nature the more alive to all that is lovely and true lawful and right the more does it feel the antagonism of pain the inroad of death upon life the more dreadful is the breach of the harmony of things whose sound is torture he felt more than man could feel because he had a larger feeling he was even therefore worn out sooner than another man would have been these sufferings were awful indeed when they began to invade the region about the will when the struggle to keep consciously trusting in god began to sink in darkness when the will of the man put forth its last determined effort in that cry after the vanishing vision of the father my god my god why hast thou forsaken me never had it been so with him before never before had he been unable to see god beside him yet never was god nearer him than now for never was jesus more divine he could not see could not feel him near and yet it is my god that he cries thus the will of jesus in the very moment when his faith seems about to yield is finally triumphant 
It has no feeling now to support it, no beatific vision to absorb it. It stands naked in his soul and tortured as he stood naked and scourged before Pilate. Pure and simple and surrounded by fire, it declares for God. The sacrifice ascends in the cry, My God! the cry comes not out of happiness out of peace out of hope not even out of suffering comes that cry it was a cry in desolation but it comes out of faith it is the last voice of truth speaking when it can but cry the divine horror of that moment is unfathomable by human soul it was blackness of darkness and yet he would believe yet he would hold fast god was his god yet my god and in the cry came forth the victory and all was over soon of the peace that followed that cry the peace of a perfect soul large as the universe pure as light ardent as life victorious for god and his brethren he himself alone can ever know the breadth and length and depth and height without this last trial of all the temptations of our master had not been so full as the human cup could hold there would have been one region through which we had to pass wherein we might call aloud upon our captain brother and there would be no voice or hearing he had avoided the fatal spot the temptations of the desert came to the young strong man with his road before him and the presence of his god around him nay gathered their very force from the exuberance of his conscious faith dare and do for god is with thee said the devil i know it and therefore i will wait returned the king of his brothers and now after three years of divine action when his course is run, when the old age of finished work is come, when the whole frame is tortured until the regnant brain falls whirling down the blue gulf of fainting and the giving up of the ghost is at hand, when the friends have forsaken him and fled, comes the voice of the enemy again at his ear. Despair and die, for God is not with thee. All is in vain death not life is thy refuge make haste to hades where thy torture will be over thou hast deceived thyself he never was with thee he was the god of abraham abraham is dead whom makest thou thyself my god my god why hast thou forsaken me the master cries for god was his god still although he had forsaken him forsaken his vision that his faith might glow out triumphant forsaken himself no come nearer to him than ever come nearer even as but with a yet deeper more awful pregnancy of import even as the lord himself withdrew from the bodily eyes of his friends that he might dwell in their profoundest being i do not think that it was our lord's deepest trial when in the garden he prayed that the cup might pass from him and prayed yet again that the will of the father might be done for god's will was then present with him 
he was living and acting in that will but now the foreseen horror has come he is drinking the dread cup and god's will has vanished from his eyes were god's will visible in his suffering his will could bow with tearful gladness under the shelter of its grandeur but now his will is left alone to drink the cup of god's will in torture in the sickness of this agony the will of jesus arises perfect at last and of itself unsupported now declares a naked consciousness of misery hung in the waste darkness of the universe declares for god in defiance of pain of death of apathy of self of negation of the blackness within and around it calls aloud upon the vanished god this is the faith of the son of god god withdrew as it were that the perfect will of the son might arise and go forth to find the will of the father is it possible that even then he thought of the lost sheep who could not believe that god was their father and for them too in all their loss and blindness and unlove cried saying the word they might say knowing for them that god means father and more and knowing now as he had never known till now what a fearful thing it is to be without god and without hope i dare not answer the question i put but wherein or what can this alpine apex of faith have to do with the creatures who call themselves christians creeping about in the valleys hardly knowing that there are mountains above them save that they take offence at and stumble over the pebbles washed across their path by the glacier streams i will tell you we are and remain such creeping christians because we look at ourselves and not at christ because we gaze at the marks of our own soiled feet and the trail of our own defiled garments instead of up at the snows of purity whither the soul of christ clomb each putting his foot in the footprint of the master and so defacing it turns to examine how far his neighbour's footprint corresponds with that which he still calls the master's although it is but his own or having committed a petty fault i mean a fault such as only a petty creature could commit we mourn over the defilement to ourselves and the shame of it before our friends children or servants instead of hastening to make the due confession and amends to our fellow and then forgetting our paltry self with its well-earned disgrace lift up our eyes to the glory which alone will quicken the true man in us and kill the peddling creature we so wrongly call ourself the true self is that which can look jesus in the face and say my lord when the inward sun is shining and the wind of thought blowing where it list amid the flowers and leaves of fancy and imagination rouses glad forms and feelings it is easy to look upwards and say my god it is easy when the frost of external failure have braced the mental nerves to healthy endurance and fresh effort after labour it is easy then to turn to god and trust in him in whom all honest exertion gives an ability as well as a right to trust it is easy in pain so long as it does not pass certain undefinable bounds to trust in god for deliverance or pray for strength to endure but what is to be done when all feeling is gone when a man does not know whether he believes or not whether he loves or not when art 
poetry, religion, are nothing to him, so swallowed up is he in pain, or mental depression, or disappointment, or temptation, or he knows not what. It seems to him that God does not care for him, and certainly he does not care for God. If he is still humble, he thinks that he is so bad that God cannot care for him and he then believes for the time that god loves us only because and when and while we love him instead of believing that god loves us always because he is our god and that we live only by his love or he does not believe in a god at all which is better so long as we have nothing to say to god nothing to do with him save in the sunshine of the mind when we feel him near us we are poor creatures willed upon not willing reeds flowering reeds it may be and pleasant to behold but only reeds blown about of the wind not bad but poor creatures and how in such a condition do we generally act do we not sit mourning over the loss of our feelings or worse make frantic efforts to rouse them or, ten times worse, we lapse into a state of temporary atheism and yield to the pressing temptation. Or, being heartless, consent to remain careless, conscious of evil thoughts and low feelings alone, but too lazy, too content to rouse ourselves against them. We know we must get rid of them some day, but meantime, never mind. We do not feel them bad. We do not feel anything else good we are asleep and we know it and we cannot be troubled to wake no impulse comes to arouse us and so we remain as we are god does not by the instant gift of his spirit make us always feel right desire good love purity aspire after him and his will therefore either he will not or he cannot if he will not it must be because it would not be well to do so. If he cannot, then he would not if he could, else a better condition than God's is conceivable to the mind of God, a condition in which he could save the creatures whom he has made better than he can save them. The truth is this, he wants to make us in his own image, choosing the good, refusing the evil. How should he effect this if he were always moving us from within, as he does at divine intervals, towards the beauty of holiness? God gives us room to be, does not oppress us with his will, stands away from us, that we may act from ourselves, that we may exercise the pure will for good. Do not therefore imagine me to mean that we can do anything of ourselves without God. If we choose the right at last, it is all God's doing and only the more his that it is ours only in a far more marvellous way his than if he had kept us filled with all holy impulses precluding the need of choice for up to this very point for this very point he has been educating us leading us pushing us driving us enticing us that we may choose him and his will and so be tenfold more his children of his own best making in the freedom of the will found our own first in its loving sacrifice to him for which in his grand fatherhood he has been thus working from the foundations of the earth that we could be in the most ecstatic worship flowing from the divinest impulse without this willing sacrifice sacrifice 
For God made our individuality as well as, and a greater marvel than, our dependence, made our apartness from himself, that freedom should bind us divinely dearer to himself with a new and inscrutable marvel of love. For the Godhead is still at the root, is the making root of our individuality. And the freer the man, the stronger the bond that binds him to him who made his freedom. He made our wills, and is striving to make them free. For only in the perfection of our individuality and the freedom of our wills can we be altogether his children. This is full of mystery, but can we not see enough in it to make us very glad and very peaceful? Not in any other act than one which, in spite of impulse or of weakness, declares for the truth, for God, does the will spring into absolute freedom, into true life see then what lies within our reach every time that we are thus lapped in the folds of night the highest condition of the human will is in sight is attainable i see not the highest condition of the human being that surely lies in the beatific vision in the sight of god but the highest condition of the human will as distinct not as separated from god is when not seeing god not seeming to itself to grasp him at all it yet holds him fast it cannot continue in this condition for not finding not seeing god the man would die but the will thus asserting itself the man has passed from death into life and the vision is nigh at hand then first thus free in thus asserting its freedom is the individual will one with the will of god the child is finally restored to the father the childhood and the fatherhood meet in one the brotherhood of the race arises from the dust and the prayer of our lord is answered i in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one let us then arise in god-born strength every time that we feel the darkness closing or become aware that it has closed around us and say i am of the light and not of the darkness troubled soul thou art not bound to feel but thou art bound to arise god loves thee whether thou feelest or not thou canst not love when thou wilt but thou art bound to fight the hatred in thee to the last try not to feel good when thou art not good but cry to him who is good he changes not because thou changest nay he has an especial tenderness of love towards thee for that thou art in the dark and hast no light and his heart is glad when thou dost arise and say i will go to my father for he sees thee through all the gloom through which thou canst not see him will thou his will say to him my god i am very dull and low and hard but thou art wise and high and tender and thou art my god i am thy child forsake me not then fold the arms of thy faith and wait in quietness until light goes up in thy darkness fold the arms of thy faith i say but not of thy action bethink thee of something that thou oughtest to do and go and do it 
if it be but the sweeping of a room, or the preparing of a meal, or a visit to a friend. Heed not thy feelings, do thy work. As God lives by his own will, and we live in him, so has he given to us power to will in ourselves. How much better should we not fare if, finding that we are standing with our heads bowed away from the good, finding that we have no feeble inclination to seek the source of our life, we should yet will upwards toward God, rousing that essence of life in us which he has given us from his own heart, to call again upon him who is our life who can fill the emptiest heart, rouse the deadest conscience, quicken the dullest feeling, and strengthen the feeblest will. Then, if ever the time should come, as perhaps it must come to each of us, when all consciousness of well-being shall have vanished, when the earth shall be but a sterile promontory, and the heavens a dull and pestilent congregation of vapours, when man nor woman shall delight us more, nay, when God himself shall be but a name, and Jesus an old story, then, even then, when a death far worse than that fathom of grisly bone is gripping at our hearts, and, having slain love, hope, faith, forces existence upon us only in agony, then, even then, we shall be able to cry out with our Lord, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Nor shall we die then, I think, without being able to take up his last words as well and say, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. End of chapter 8 Series 1 